Welcome, you're listening to Ask the Doulas, a podcast where we talk to experts from all over the country about topics related to pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and early parenting. Let's chat. Hello, hello. This is Kristen with Ask the Doulas, and I am so excited to chat with Dana Sanchez today. She is the president and owner of Baby Steps Concierge Nursing. Welcome, Dana. Thank you so much. So I would love to have you fill our listeners in a bit about your impressive background in nursing and love to hear how you transitioned to this role as uh, more of a concierge support in the postnatal phase. Okay. Well, I am one of those people that kind of changed careers late in life and decided I really, really, really wanted to work with babies. So I went to... Went back to college at age 40, uh, went through nursing school and started in the NICU, which is where I wanted to be. So that's the neonatal intensive care unit, all the little preemies or ones that need a little extra support. I worked in that department, uh, a couple different hospitals for about four years. And then I decided I wanted to see what it was like upstairs in our hospitals upstairs um, where the moms are. So I'm now a postpartum nurse. So helping parents after the baby's born from the time that the baby is born until they go home um, from the hospital. And, you know, you're only in the hospital now for 24 to 48 hours after your baby's right. and which is very little time. And the first, I would say at least half of that time, most of the parents I have conversations with have zero recollection of anything we spoke about when they first got there. And it's not anyone's fault. It, you know, you are tired. There's so much going on. Labor, so much going on. You haven't eaten. You haven't slept. There's, you're excited. You're overwhelmed. There's a lot of things. So, so, you know, doing my best, trying to get them ready to go home and teaching all the skills and the swaddling and the feeding and the, you know, diapering and all those things. And it was one week in particular, I had three different sets of families say, we are not ready to go home. Can you just come home with us? And I laughed and said, oh, ha ha, I wish that would be great. Well, by the third time, I was like, well, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe, I, right. maybe there is a way to make that happen. So you that need. Is, yep, that's that's where this uh, this company was born. So um, that, and that is what we do. We just help ease that transition from having the baby to being at home with the baby and figuring out what does that look like for for your family? Because every family is different as well, right? So what does that look like for your family? What skills do you want more practice with? You know, we give the first bath in the hospital, but that means you didn't give any baths before you got home. So right. So yeah, just being a being there to answer questions, to be hands on support, to help you figure out, you know, what next, or how do I know if my baby's hungry or tired or you know whatever. And um, right. I, all of my employees are nurses as well. They all work either in NICU and or postpartum. So we all have experience with not only babies and a variety of, of ways that babies are different, but, but in, in helping parents to learn to be a little more confident in that role of being a new parent. That makes sense. And it's much different than, say, the role of a postpartum doula or a newborn care specialist in that you have that nursing medical background. Right. So especially if you have a baby that is going home, maybe from the NICU or 
um, has a feeding tube or is on oxygen or has a wound, you know, something that needs maybe a little extra care, even though you are fully able to do those things on your own. I'm sure, you know, if your baby has a wound, um, the nurses and doctors showed you how to change the wound dressing, but right. you know, it's scary. It's still scary. And it's scary to do it on your own for the first time at home. So we do have that. Yep. That nursing license and and background and experience to kind of help you get more comfortable with those situations as well. Beautiful. So what are your tips to help parents prepare for their new role? That is that is the big question. Um, I mean, everyone nowadays is taking childbirth classes or going to a class at the hospital before they give birth. But those classes tend to focus so much on the labor part, which absolutely still needs to be addressed. That's that's scary, of course. So um, but then I think there's kind of a drop off in what to expect after that. And so when we have brand new parents, you know, coming up to our floor after giving birth, we're like, we don't know anything. We don't know how to diaper this baby. I mean, everyone kind of knows how to put a diaper on, but they're <laughs> at this poor family. Some dads may not have those. So. Some dads may not have, but also I had this family, I walked in and they're like, we need more sheets. This poor baby has peed through his diaper every single time, the last four times. And I was like, okay, how about we talk about diapering? There's probably some things we can do better so that there isn't a leak next time. And right. sure, enough, sure enough, a couple little couple little adjustments. And he was like, oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. And then they never called for more sheets after that. So <gasps> there's, nice. there's, yeah, lots of little tips and tricks. And that, and this is where, this is where social media is both wonderful and overwhelming. Um, there are, I mean, I'm myself included. I have little videos on YouTube on how to diaper, how to swaddle, how to bath, how to do those things. But so do a million other people. There's a lot of information out there and it can be overwhelming. You don't know who's right or who's wrong. And to be honest, with most of these things, there's not necessarily a wrong way. I mean, there are a couple of wrong things. Like don't ever leave your baby alone in the bathtub. That would be wrong. Um, right. But there's swaddle baths and there's submersion baths. And, you know, there's different types of bathing, different ways of doing it. One isn't necessarily better than the other in general, but one might be better than the other for you and your baby. Some babies have preferences. And good point. Um, it sounds odd to say, I think people don't realize that those babies have that personality before they even come out. Um, right. And twins can even be so different from each other. Absolutely. 1000%. And it cracks me up. Even the babies in the NICU, the preemies that are born at 28 weeks, they already have personality. So it's it, where I think it's helpful to have someone be there with you and be hands-on with you is that we can go through all the different options. Like, okay, let's try this this time. And if the baby didn't seem to like it, all right, let's tweak it and try it this way next time, you know, and really help narrow down what's going to work best for your family, your baby, your sanity, (laughs) right? all that stuff as a new parent. Yeah. And some people, as you mentioned, um, you know, you have all of these YouTube demonstration videos, but some people need the hands-on learning. I mean, every individual has a different learning style. So, mm-hmm. you know, having someone in home to help can be beneficial and others, you know, need 
where written instructions or watching a video is great for them. Mm -hmm. And they can figure out swaddling or baby wearing or mm -hmm. feeding questions and so on. Yep, I agree. I do think hands-on still is beneficial for everybody at some point. Yes. Um, and also people, I think, don't take into account that it's different when it's your own baby. I had another couple um, and they they this was in the hospital. They had had their baby. And the wife says, oh, you know, we're not really going to need you. I've been a caregiver forever. And my husband, you know, whatever, he was a nanny. And I'm like, oh, well, that's great. Those people called me every 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm like, did we do it right? Does this look okay? She doesn't seem to like it. What do I, you know? So it's, you can have knowledge before you go into the situation, but it's so, so different having the actual baby there having to touch, hold, handle. The, some of the videos I have um, up on my YouTube channel is how to pick up the baby. I've had dads going, I don't really know how to hold it. How do I grab it? How do I pick it up out of the bassinet? You know, So there's just so many things you don't really think about and don't aren't real until the baby is actually there and you're trying to maneuver it and you're so afraid because they just seem so tiny and fragile. Right. And so I'm interested to hear, it sounds like you made videos based on what your clients were asking for help with. What are the top um, questions or concerns that you're hearing from new parents? So it's definitely the picking up, holding, swaddling are big ones. Um, diapering, of course. Feeding. Yes. Feeding is a big issue. I don't really have a video up yet on feeding, but a big issue that we have is some babies take longer to what we call transition. So to get used to being out of the womb and being out here in the regular world, some take longer than others. And the ones that take longer tend to not eat very well, or they're very sleepy and they don't latch very well. And parents get very panicked, which I understand. So you know, it's a lot of it is just kind of reminding parents like there is a transition period. Every baby is different. Your baby just might take a little bit longer to transition. Here's what we can do in the meanwhile, you know. Sure. And, and um, other babies that that maybe have to have formula for some reason or the parents can't breastfeed or don't want to breastfeed. There are certain ways of feeding, of holding the bottle that are better than others for certain babies in certain situations. So um, we're going to get some feeding ones up. I also had a client call me one time. Her baby had been discharged from the NICU two weeks prior. So we thought everything was going great. And she called me one day and she's like, oh my gosh, he was eating great. And now he's not eating at all. Oh my gosh, what do I do? And I said, I'll, I'll be right there. And I came over and we, we fixed it within 10 minutes. It just was the wrong size nipple. So right. There are different size nipples and different flow rates, and those need to be adjusted for different babies at different times. And so there's just a lot of that kind of stuff that it's hard to know when, and you can read as much as you want about it, but until you experience it, you don't really fully understand what you're looking for, what to watch out for, you know, kind of some of those um, signs. Hey, Alyssa here. I'm just popping in to tell you about our course called Becoming. Becoming a mother is your guide to a confident pregnancy and birth, all in a convenient six-week online program. From birth plans to sleep training and everything in between, 
You'll gain the confidence and skills you need for a smooth transition to motherhood. You'll get live coaching calls with Kristen and myself, a bunch of expert videos, including chiropractic care, pelvic floor physical therapy, mental health experts, breastfeeding, and much more. You'll also get a private Facebook community with other mothers going through this at the same time as you to offer support and encouragement when you need it most. And then of course, you'll also have direct email access to me and Kristen, in addition to the live coaching calls. If you'd like to learn more about the course, you can email us at info at goldcoastdoulas.com or check it out at thebecomingcourse.com. We'd love to see you there. I love it. Yeah. Every baby is so unique. So there is no manual that will be the perfect solution for exactly every question. So exactly, exactly. I, if I can mention one other thing, um, it's this kind of a soapbox. I, I jump on all the time is with swaddling. Everybody okay. likes to swaddle. They put the baby's arms down next to their sides and they swaddle the baby. Well, some babies hate that. True. <laughs> yes break out of that so easily. So I ask all my mamas, when you had your ultrasounds, did your baby ever have one or both hands up near their face? And sure enough, they're like, yes, she always had her right hand up. And I'm like, then let's swaddle her with her right hand up. If you think about it, this baby has had her access to her right hand, her whole entire life her whole nine months or whatever. And now we're taking that away from her. She's in a new environment. She's cold. It's loud. It's bright. Um, and we're taking away the one thing that soothes her and comforts her, which is being able to have her right hand up near her face, sucking on her thumb or just touching her face or whatever. So you brilliant. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. You can swaddle your baby with one or both hands out and still have it be a very tight, efficient swaddle. Um, and that's, and now there, there's so many different types of swaddles, like some yes. have the arms up, like love to dream and yep. and others, it's more the traditional like arms down. So, yeah. And some babies like the arms down and that's okay too. But again, it's all about figuring out what's best for your baby. And as new parents, if you remember, like our biggest fear is that the baby's going to cry. We think that crying means we're doing something wrong and it can mean that, but they also, that's how they communicate. So sometimes we need for them to cry so that we know what's going on and what they need. So, but parents in the hospital, when they first have the babies are just so afraid to hear their baby cry. They think that they're failing the baby. They think that they're, you know, failing parenthood. And, and so it's, it's a lot of it is just like, hold on a second. Let's take a deep breath. We're going to be okay. And let's take a moment and figure it out. Perfect. Yes. Cause babies can sense if you're anxious or upset. And so then they, you know, become more distraught and will cry Mm -hmm. more. So if you take that moment and pause and breathe and relax, it can be better for everyone. It really, I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of energies. And, you know, um, the dog whisperer is one of my favorite shows and what he always says, right. It's not the dog's problem. It's the owner. The owner is upset. The owner is a, it is the exact same with our babies. If we are anxious and uptight, our baby is going to be on edge. If we are calm, our baby will be more calm. It's easy to say, of course, but as a new parent, it's it's hard to find that center, to find that calm place when you don't know what you're doing. You're, you know, panicking and you're trying to hurry and fix something, but you don't really know what you're doing. So yes, deep, 
deep breaths, you know, take a deep breath before you go over to the baby. Um, and then finding, finding the people that can help you finding your resources, finding, you know, whether it's a company like me, a doula, um, or just a family member or a friend, but finding someone that can also kind of help center you and remind you to breathe, then that's, that's a big deal. It is absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's transition to social media and how that affects parenthood. Okay. So I mentioned earlier, it's, it's both good and bad right. um, there. So I think there's a lot of good information out there, but there's also just a lot of extraneous information that it just gets overwhelming. Um, I had a, I had a client who bought five different bathtubs for her baby because she's like, number huh. one, I, everything that I saw on social media had some reason why I, that was the one I needed to buy. And she's like, I'm afraid of getting the wrong one. And I want to make sure I have them all. Well, she also kind of got herself into a panic over a bathtub. So I'm all for, you know, do your research. That's fine. But your baby doesn't need five bathtubs. You know, we can, we can probably start with one and that should be fine for a while. So I think there's there's kind of this pressure maybe on parents before the baby comes to have all the latest gadgets and make sure that they have every single piece of of supply or equipment that they might possibly need. You know, um, the snoo exactly. The snoo is wonderful. If if you don't know what the snoo is, it's a bassinet that kind of vibrates based on the baby, the activity of the baby. So if the baby cries more, the snoo will actually vibrate faster. And we use it in the hospital a lot for babies that are going through withdrawal. Um, but parents, some parents have it as well. It is very, very expensive. It is thousands of dollars, but it is, it's even expensive to rent because they do have yes. rentals. So yes. But some parents are like, Oh, I got to have a snoo. What if my baby's grump, you know, fussy, I, I got to have the swing. I got to have the you don't have to have everything right off the bat. It's okay to start with just the baby and let's see how it goes from there. You might have a really chill baby that doesn't need any swinging at all whatsoever. They're also, um, oh, I also show my parents all the time. As soon as you get your baby in their car seat, buckled in their car seat, swing the car seat a couple times. And a lot of times that calms them. Most babies hate being put into the car seat. Right. Um, you kind of swing the car seat back and forth just a couple of times that tends to calm them down enough so that, you know, you now are not dealing with the screaming baby. So your baby might just need that. Um, and you might not even need the swings and the snoo and the, you know, all the other gadgets. So, so I think there's yeah. an, an overwhelming aspect of social media regarding uh, gadgets and supplies and equipment for babies. Um, exactly. And what works for your friend might not work for you. So exactly, exactly. Or like you said, even your first, your first baby might be different from your second baby or twin A might be different from twin B. You just never know. Um, the yeah. place where, let me talk about the good of social media is there is a movement. It still kind of is grassroots, but there is a movement toward postpartum mental health being much more important and talked about than it is currently. And right. for that, I love, love, love social media. There are some phenomenal people to follow, pages to follow, um, and trauma with birth trauma as well. Birth Trauma Mama is one of my favorites. And there's so much support there 
for women who have gone or men who have gone through a delivery that didn't go as expected or are experiencing postpartum depression, baby blues, you know, how to tell the difference between the two. Um, There's also more evidence showing that, that dads are going through postpartum depression at a rate that we didn't realize before. It's not a huge, you know, really high, high incidence, but the fact that it's even out there is something a lot of people weren't aware of at all. So I think social media is fantastic for finding support for whatever your particular situation is. Yes. And I do love the vulnerability in the current social media movement and, you know, more authentic, like showing a messy house and, Mm. you know, kids being happy and the joy of parenting versus having to have the Pinterest and Instagram perfect life. And so, you know, I definitely agree with everything you said about just people being open about their struggles and that making it easier for others. Yes, absolutely. 1000%. That's, that's the, the, definitely the good side of social media for sure. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I would say the negative or confusing side of social media is, you know, getting into some of the mom and parenting groups on sites like Facebook, where, you know, again, if that's the only information source and you could be given, you know, incorrect information, bad advice from other moms who are not experts like yourself. Right. So that, and that's a very good point that consider the source. Anytime you see anything anywhere, consider the source. Um, If it's just, you know, this is my first kid. And so I'm writing articles on how to raise your kid the best way ever. That might not be a completely reliable source. Um, Make sure you're, you're looking and it's okay to read those things. But also fill in with articles from pediatricians, fill in from articles from RNs, from doulas, from people who have education, like formal education and experiences and licensing in those areas um, so that you can, like you said, see what's what's real, what's not real, what's safe, what's unsafe, unsafe. I haven't luckily seen too much out there that's completely unsafe, but it only takes one. It only takes one person to give bad advice to have something really bad happen to your baby. So um, definitely something we want to be aware of. Exactly. So how can our listeners connect with and find you? We can be found online at babystepsnursing.com. We are getting our YouTube channel all up and running there. We have um, some article resources on there. There is an inquiry tab. If you ever have any questions about either our services or just something related to baby, you know, we're, we're more than happy to, to answer any questions that you have. Um, so those are kind of the best ways we are also on Instagram, baby steps nursing. I've been posting some of the YouTube videos up there lately. Um, I've seen those. Yes. Okay. So um, they're really, they're really, we try to be very down to earth. It is, this is not a formal, you know, you don't have to have a degree to understand these videos. These are for everyone to to hear, for everyone to follow. And, and if you have any suggestions or if anyone wants videos on more topics, we're more than happy to do more of those. So um, yeah, those are kind of the, the best ways, um, the best ways to get a hold of us. And your location geographically for listeners who do want that in-person support. 
We are in the Los Angeles area, but we can travel pretty far. So I would say kind of LA to San Diego for the most part. That is um, a far distance. Yeah, it is. A, it is a far distance, but it there's not a lot of services out there like ours, to be honest, that we have found. So yeah. we we want to help as many people as we can. And to be honest, we do work with the LGBTQ community and with surrogates. And I Amazing. have some some dads who are going to be having triplets. Uh, they weren't expecting triplets, but they're getting triplets. So and they're getting help. Good. They're getting help because they have to transport these babies. The babies are going to be born in South Dakota, but the dads live here. And they're like, there's only two of us. We need to transport three babies. Can we right. get help travel? Yes, absolutely. We can do that. So we can help technically across the country. Um, uh, we also can do a lot via Zoom. Obviously the hands-on stuff can't be done via Zoom. But we can always have conversations. If you just have a quick question, we can talk about some preliminary things before you go to the hospital. So a lot of that can be done via Zoom. So therefore can be kind of anywhere in the country as well. Beautiful. What an amazing service. Thank you. So any final tips for our listeners? Ooh, my my biggest tip is always build your village or find your village. Um, make sure that you know who you can reach out to. <clears throat> excuse me, four different things. Um, you, you know, we all have friends that have various roles in our lives and that's going to continue into parenthood. So make sure you have the friend that you can call and vent to without feeling like a horrible person. Cause you're going to have a day where you're going to be like, I don't think I can do this parenting thing. Um, find the friend that will make you laugh because laughing will take you so far <laughs> in parenthood. Right. Find the friend that has the resources that did it before you that says, oh, you know what? When my baby had trouble eating, we used, you know, this bottle and it worked for me. Maybe you should try that one. Um, just make sure you have people around you that can support you and that you are comfortable reaching out to because that's the important part is so many times we're just we're just plowing through. We're just putting one foot in front of the other, trying to get through the day maybe just trying to get through the hour, but we have to be aware enough to ask for help if we need it. And having a list of people at top of mind or written down next to your phone so that you don't have to think about it. You can just look down that list and be like, oh my gosh, yes, I need to call my mother or I need to call my neighbor or I need to call whatever um, can really, really be helpful for stressful times. So yeah. I would say biggest tip is find your village, build your village. Yeah, find your resources. Excellent advice. I loved having you on Ask the Doulas, Danica. Thank you for sharing all of your tips and wisdom with our listeners. Thank you for having me on. This is great. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to Ask the Doulas. For more information about Gold Coast Doulas, visit us on our website, goldcoastdoulas.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Thank you. Remember, these moments are golden.